This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. If you can turn to 1 John chapter 5, the first five verses of 1 John chapter 5. I'd like you in your groups to read through it together. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. Just five verses. Read it out loud to each other. Then I want you to try and paraphrase these five verses in answering the question, what does it look like? What does it mean to say, I love God? Oh, I love Jesus. How would these five verses give you the terminology, the language to answer the question, this is how I love God, or this is how I should love God? Is that clear? All right. Take five, six minutes for this. One John chapter five, verse one to five. One John five. Verse 1 to 5. 1, 2, 3, 4, 
use the passage to describe how you will love God, how you should love God. Okay? What does love for God look like? What does it mean? Another minute. Okay. So what have we established? All of us are here because we profess to love God, to love Jesus. All of us are here um, because we desire a better future. And we read in the scripture that there is an earthly home that's being prepared for us. But nonetheless, as we are in process of going to... uh, Sorry... There's a heavenly home being prepared for us as we're in process of heading there to Corinthians 5. We still are in earthly dwellings. Nonetheless, the kingdom of heaven is near. Okay, so Luke 10, Matthew 10. Proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is here. It's near. It's here, but not yet in its full. We know the world is a mess. Where we live is a mess. And we're not talking, we're not externalizing the mess by saying it's corruption or it's crime. It's my relationship with my wife, it's a mess. With my children, sometimes it's a mess. With my employer, my employee, my colleagues, my subordinates, my staff, my mother-in-law, it's a mess. So we don't have to go very far to find that, look, we may say that we love God, but 1 Corinthians, uh, sorry, 1 John 5 says, If you really love God, it would look like obedience. Obedience to what? His commands. And how is it evidence? It's evidence in the way you love others. So when 
somebody asked me now, do you love God or do you love Jesus? Or when we sing a song like, I surrender all. It's really dangerous. Really, really dangerous. Because perhaps the best answer we can give is, I'm trying to love God. I'm trying to follow Jesus. I'm trying. I'm trying to surrender. Right now it's this and this. And I know here and here I'm conditional. So when we talk about obedience, I think this is the grapple. We think obedience is performance. So not so long ago, I have this specific wall in my house that is a real issue. And I'm learning now, there's a term called rising damp. <laughs> so I try and paint over the damp, and then it just peels again. I try to scrape it off, it peels again. Why? Because if you try to put new paint over damp, it just doesn't work. So is that my life? I ask myself. I'm trying to paint and look nice and sing these great songs and do what I think are the right things? Or is there, and you know, Dallas Willard would say, a renovation of the heart that is needed, a circumcision of the heart that is needed. So what does obedient disciples what does it mean to be an obedient disciple? And I'm, I'm struggling with this myself. Because to be a disciple means, yes, I love Jesus. But to love Jesus means to obey Jesus. And Jesus speaks through the word. The Father speaks through the word. So I need to know the word so I can obey what it says. And I obey not in the sense of trying to put paint over rising damp. But it's almost allowing the Spirit to rip me apart. Take everything out of me. I must become nothing so that He is everything. I must die to myself so that He can live in and through me. So the hard part of being a disciple of Jesus is the dying part. Right? It's the dying part. So when we sing, I surrender all, Actually, we sing, I surrender some that is conditional. Okay? And it's conditional based on whether it's convenient, whether it's comfortable, etc., etc. So what's a good indication for you and I about whether we love God and love others? If we get irritated by people, and if we get angry with people, probably means you don't love them. Because you are conditional in your love. And biblical love, God's love, is unconditional love. And if we are supposed to love in 1 John 5, like Him, and it's evidence of our love of Him, then it should be unconditional. Right? So it's not a simple thing to say, I'm an obedient disciple of Christ. It's actually... It actually needs power. The power of the Holy Spirit. But here is the interesting dynamic. If you read Acts chapter 5, verse 23, let me read it to you. Acts chapter 5, verse 23 says this, We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. 
So here's the circular reference again. You want to be obedient, you need the Holy Spirit's power and work in your life. But if you want Him to work in your life, you have to obey God. You have to obey His precepts. So this has nothing to do with trying to impress each other or even trying to impress Him or or being driven out of fear or shame or guilt or doubt because you go back to 1 John chapter 4, just the preceding chapter. What does it say? Perfect love drives out all fear. There is no fear in love. So, this is why I'm struggling to do this session with you this morning. Because how do you microwave something into 30, 40, 45 minutes? Where you walk out of this room and and you, you get a deep sense of our inadequacy and a deep sense of the need to die to ourselves and rely on Him and, li- and, and live our lives in obedience to His precepts, to His commands. And so we can't even talk about the multiplication side if we don't first fix our heart. Because what then do we multiply? So if we don't have this transform, living from the inside out, getting rid of the rising dam at its source, if we don't deal with that, then what we multiply tends to be curriculum, program, events, activities, white papers, books, crusades, and all that good stuff. But it's above the waterline. And we have never dealt with what's below the waterline. One of the other issues we struggle with is the way we conceive God. How do you conceive God? So we sang this morning, God is holy. Do we understand holy? God is a lamb. That's easy. God is a friend. That's easy. God is a lover. Not so. What do you say to God if he's your lover? How do you behave around him if he's your lover? God is my savior. That's also quite easy. That's easy to sing about. God is my king. Easy to sing as we had, I think, this morning, something about king. But what does it mean if he were your king? Do you prostrate before him when you pray? Do you approach with much fear which is not fear as in you're afraid like a nightmare, but with reverence. You know, you you saw this picture a few days ago of Donald Trump walking in front of Queen Elizabeth. And, uh, you know, no, no, no understanding of protocol. Not that protocol is important, but, you know, here's a short, not so tall old lady who is the Queen of England. And you've got this six-footer guy, you know, walking in front of her, blocking her view of the cameras. And, 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 and you think, does he not understand that he is in the presence of the Queen of England? God as King? What does that mean? So if God says, do this, do we do it or do we not? One of our family members is undergoing cancer right now. And so we pray, God heal her. But what if God doesn't? And God allows her to die. 
What if we pray, God, give me a job. Give my children a good education. Help me move out of this shack. Or don't send me to Africa. No, that was my prayer. The other prayer. Don't send me to uh, Colombia where it's dangerous. (laughs) Or don't send me to the Middle East. What if God says go? Or what if God doesn't heal in this particular case in my family? In our family. What then? Is God not good? Is God... So our conception of God also influences how we handle the scripture, how we relate to Him, how we, how we, how we obey Him. And so I hope you hear this morning that I really am struggling with this too. Because there are many things in my life that needs God's circumcision, renovation. So let me try and conclude with some sense. If we say we love Him, then it looks like obedience. And love is spelled O-B-E-Y. And the evidence of love of Him, for Him, is how we love others. And here's a great test about whether we love others. Are we conditional in our love? Do they give us something? Then I'll give something back. Or do they meet our expectations? And if they don't, then I react this way. Or do they make me happy or not happy? Because if they make me happy, that's called an idol, by the way. So have we allowed people to become our idols? And how they make us react or not react? So is our love conditional? Unconditional of people? So what then, why then be obedient disciples? Because if we say the issue in this country, that country in Stellenbosch, in South Africa, is this, where is the answer? And the answer comes back to you and I in how we obey God, in loving Him and loving others. So if I, if I dare I would lift the cover now in your small groups and I would say, tell each other about how you relate to your mother, how you relate to your father who might have hurt you. How do you relate to your enemy? Who is that enemy? What does it mean now to love your neighbor, to love your enemy? What does it mean? And what do you need to do? not to perform because we say the starting point is we love God. Now, if we did that, that is the power of the gospel at work. That is the kingdom here on earth in your relationships, in your home, in your workplace, wherever God has placed you in some of these guys' cases, on the sports fields, in their sport clubs, in sport academies, in Sunday schools, in prisons, in refugee camps. This is how we bring the kingdom of God into that. But it begins with you and I obeying Him, which means we love Him. I felt this morning as we were worshipping that God was saying, individually we may come broken this morning. 
But collectively, he is pleased with us. Because collectively, we are the body. And each of us, as a different part of the body, when we come into his presence, we become his bride. And he is pleased. But nonetheless, he is also saying, when I come into your home and I ask you, have you seen my lost daughter called the kingdom? Is she here with you? When he comes into your workplace and he says, Jan or Sias or whoever, have you seen my daughter who is missing? Is she here? Is she safe? Is the kingdom here? Is unconditional love here? Is, is, is that, is my presence here? So, if you feel this morning that you need to respond, I want to invite you perhaps to come to the front. And if you need to have a conversation with God about a renovation of your heart in order to move towards a life of obedience and love and discipleship and multiplication, and if the band can get on stage, I would love for you to come and respond. If, if some of the people, the pastors can come to the front, and if you feel that you need to come before God this morning and just do some business, I love to, to give you that opportunity. Um, are you okay with this? Are you okay? All right. Let me pray. Lord, I first come and acknowledge that we have experienced your love as a result of the son that you gave through the cross. And so we look at the cross right now and we see it as a symbol of your love and evidence of your love. And so all of us here, we have responded to that. We have entered into your death and we have emerged into new life because of the completed work of Jesus on the cross. And so as we sit here, born of God, called your children, given the identity as your sons and daughters, prince and princess. We now say and declare that we love you, not because we can out of our own strength, but because you enabled us to, through the work of the Spirit in our lives, in our hearts, our minds, so that we can, on a daily basis, habitually obey you and thereby declare our love. We think about those that we love in a conditional way. And today we say we're sorry. Perhaps it's our spouses, our children. Perhaps it's our expectations that we project on, on others. Our small group leader, our employee, our pastor, 
our family members, those we say we love the most, but we always have something that we want in return. And we know that is not of you. So give us the courage, Lord, to respond to what you're saying to us this morning. Give me the courage to look at my own heart and really continue to wrestle with what it means to love you with all my being, all my strength, all my mind, all my heart, all of me. And I pray the same prayer for everyone here. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.